0: Hey Lunatics, you're listening to Let Them Eat Grass, a podcast exploring real food, broken ecosystems and a better way to live. I'm Austin Williams, your farmer and podcast host. Before I began farming, I was a public school teacher who had grown up in the suburbs of St. Louis. And if you were like me, you had no idea what was real or who to trust when it came to our food. If you're listening to this podcast, there's a chance you've begun to doubt what huge food corporations are trying to sell you is as healthy as it's cracked up to be. And for good reason. I'm dedicating this show to you, the lunatics, the crazies, who have chosen to opt out to stray beyond the safe and familiar confines of grocery store walls to support a farmer. And not just any farmer, but a farmer whose mission is to heal the land and nourish people. You see, conventional farms are dying We've been losing farmers for well over a century now. When 100% of us eat and only 1% of us farm, we have a math problem. Help me do the math by sticking around, listening closely, and voting with your forks to support real food. See you soon. The goal for this week's topic is to give you a very basic answer to a very complex question. Why is raw milk good for you? I'll also give you some tips as a raw milk producer myself on what to look for as you search for raw milk in your local area. But first, you may not have even heard of raw milk, and putting the word raw in front of anything sends a tingle up our American spines. The adjective raw makes us suspicious, like somehow the word is imbued with implicit suggestions of caution and danger. We've become so far physically removed from our food sources. We get suspicious of the real thing when we have to touch it. I mean, if you think about it, besides vegetables and fruit, we don't eat many things raw. Culture just isn't comfortable with that notion, and even vegetables and fruit are recommended to be washed due to the pesticides that are sprayed on them. Though we don't think about it, we aren't comfortable eating anything that isn't totally sterile. Everything from cooked meat to pasteurized milk exemplifies this. Anything that's teeming with life can't be safe for our body to absorb. But paradoxically, we don't think twice about pumping our bodies full of processed foods chock full of chemicals and additives. Because these chemicals and additives are completely sterile. Sterility is safe. Raw is not. Stay away from the raw stuff. Imagine telling that to an Eskimo 100 years ago. They fermented basically all their meat. All the milk they drank was definitely raw. They'd think you're crazy. Raw milk is real milk. It hasn't been changed or adulterated in any way. It comes from grass-fed cows who spend the majority of the year on pasture. That's the best part about it. A customer of mine once asked me during deliveries a simple question. Why is raw milk better for you? Her boyfriend was there, and I had to explain to him why she wasn't crazy for wanting to try it. I get so wrapped up in the production side of the milk, I can forget that there are objective qualities that make it better. But if you'll forgive me, let me talk about the production side first. Then I'll get to the objective stuff. Our cows spend 24 hours of the day... 365 days a year on pasture. They only eat grass, no grains whatsoever. They can roam where they please, often escaping the heat of the sun in the cool shade of a tree. We milk them from mid March through mid December and give them a break during the winter. We believe deeply in the seasonality of production. I know all 10 of them by name Gidget, Daisy, Mimi, Christy, Holly, Melanie, Beatrice, Pansy, Elena, and Pugsley. I'm so familiar with them, I can tell them apart just by looking at their udders. Just like conventional dairies, I test my cows every single day for mastitis, which means an infection of the udder. I don't even try to use any milk that's even slightly tainted with infection. I just dump it. Milk infected with mastitis can taste sour, which is due to the elevated somatic cell count. Just to be clear, somatic cells are the white blood cells that fight off infection. Milk that is highly infected comes out of the teat with stringy pus. It's still pretty disgusting and I milk cows every day. It's hard to appreciate just how naturally raw milk is produced until you consider the alternative. And by the alternative, I mean what's legally available at every single grocery store in the entire US, pasteurized milk. Pasteurized milk comes from cows who eat a mixture of grass and grains. Although it definitely isn't normal, Some dairies feed citrus peels, Skittles, and even coffee creamer to their cows to supplement their normal rations. Some conventional cows have access to pasture and some don't. Sick cows get treated with antibiotics, but are sequestered from the herd until they've cleared the cow's system. In their defense, the average conventional farmer wants their cows to be as happy and healthy as possible, because happy cows make the most milk. However, they're also willing to feed them grain to maximize the milk production. There's a connection, though, between those grains and harmful E. coli bacteria. E. coli is a naturally occurring gastrointestinal bacteria that exists in both humans and cows. It's usually very mild and just helps us digest food. So whenever cows are eating grass, the strain stays very mild, because grass is a cleanser. So once it hits an acidic environment like your stomach— It gets neutralized and just helps you to digest the food. But whenever cows are fed grain, their intestinal environment's pH is lowered. So the E. coli there also acidifies. Nutrients from the small intestine are absorbed into the bloodstream and become cow's blood. And this blood gets somehow reconstituted into milk once the blood reaches the udder, which I find totally crazy. I don't fully understand it. If acidic E. coli hits your acidic stomach environment, it can result in anything from bloody diarrhea to kidney failure. This is one reason why pasteurization is necessary when milking grain-fed cows. That's why I would never be okay drinking raw milk from grain-fed cows. You have to pasteurize it at that point because you've produced an unsafe product. But Once you pasteurize it, you remove everything about the milk that was exceptional. Now, we arrive back at our original question. Why is raw milk better for you? Some people don't care about the production as long as the product remains the same. I can hear them now. What about your product is different? My simple answer to that is enzymes. Think of enzymes like matter imbued with energy, like a battery. In a battery, you have the physical structure. You have the outer shell, and inside you have metal plates and chemicals between those plates that allow electricity to pass straight through. But you also have something intangible, energy. A charged battery and a dead battery weigh the same, but one is objectively different from the other. So it is with raw milk versus pasteurized milk. The process of draining the battery is analogous to pasteurization in general. Heating milk is like draining the life out of it. Ask any scientist in the world and they'll tell you that protein denatures when heated up. That's a fancy way of saying that the protein gets effectively destroyed, so much so that your body no longer knows how to process it correctly. When you heat milk, the physical structure of the protein remains, but you drain all the energy. Enzymes like lactase, galactase, laxoperoxidase, lactoferrin, catalase, amylase, lipase, and phosphatase are abundant in raw milk, but absolutely lacking in pasteurized milk. Once the cell walls in raw milk are broken, the inherent enzymes do most of the digestive work themselves. If you remove the inherent enzymes from the equation like in pasteurized milk, your body has to work harder and secrete its own enzymes to do the job. My wife had a candida infection a while back, and that was the result of an unhealthy gut environment. It just so happens that one of the enzymes abundant in raw milk, or lactoferrin, combats the candida infection by binding to iron and facilitating its absorption. If you pasteurize milk, all lactoferrin is completely destroyed. Even traditional milk advocates will admit that pasteurization diminishes vitamin C to the tune of 10-50%. to Vitamins B6 and B12 are also affected. It changes the physical and chemical properties of the calcium. It seems pasteurization is much more than just a way to make an unsafe product from grain-fed cows able to be sold in grocery stores. It also changes the very nature of the milk itself. So there you have it. Enzymes and production. Those are the two things that make raw milk different. And it's my honest opinion that raw milk is very healthy. It will be more expensive than pasteurized milk, but you're investing in the only body you have. That seems like a good investment to me. When you make the choice to pursue raw milk for you and your family, You're making the choice to take your health into your own hands. You're rejecting the government's endorsement of grain-fed concrete cows who munch on candy bars and choosing cows who eat nothing but grass and live their lives outdoors. You're directly supporting farmers too. Wherever you are, check out raw milk sold near where you live. Make sure it comes from grass-fed cows who live most of their year on pasture. On a personal note, my wife and I are imminently expecting the birth of our first little girl. We're so excited to meet her and she should be coming within the next couple of weeks. When that happens, I'll just re-release a past episode for that week so I can spend time with her to help her adjust. I know you lunatics will understand. If you want to encourage us, send us an email to austin at letthemeetgrass.org. Lunatics of the greater podcast world unite. It's official. The Patreon page for this podcast is up and running, check for a link in the episode description. Right now, the show is still teeny tiny, just me in a dark basement in the wee hours of the morning. I need your financial support to keep producing this. If this show means anything to you, if you find some value in it, please consider donating. Maybe you've been enjoying this show since the beginning, when I personally told you about it. Maybe you just randomly tripped across the internet and fell face first into it. Maybe you were just spotted by your mom at McDonald's, where she ripped the burger out of your mouth, handcuffed you, put you in the backseat of the minivan, and drove at perilously high speeds down the highway, all while blasting this podcast so loud you couldn't tell if I was talking or a banshee was screaming. However you came to find this podcast, your support, any support, would be greatly appreciated. If you have any questions or thoughts about this episode, or want to sponsor a future one, Follow me on Twitter at Austin or shoot me an email to austin at LetThemEatGrass.org. I might even include your question along with my answer at the end of my next episode. If you live in the Missouri area and want to take the next step in radically protecting the health of you and your family, you can buy some of our pasture-raised food at my friend David's website, fedfromthefarm.com. That's F-E-D, fedfromthefarm.com. And use the offer code PDCST like podcast without the vowels, for $10 off your next order. I am shamelessly promoting this, but since I manage this farm and personally take care of the animals, this is the only operation I can wholeheartedly endorse. If you really enjoyed this podcast, subscribe or download it on whatever podcast directory you use. If you're using iTunes and are feeling mighty generous with the next 5 minutes of your life, please rate it and leave a review. The more reviews I get, the better my chances of being featured in a spotlight. And as self-serving as that sounds, the more attention this podcast gets means that I get to improve the production quality for you. Production assistance was provided by the kissable Kelly Williams. That's my wife. Music was performed by the bodacious Brandon Nelson. If you like Scandinavian folk music, you can find his album Old Yarns by Eloin, that's E-L-O-I-G-N, at Bandcamp. Cover art was drawn by the radical Rebecca Rabin, fact-checking was done by the daring David Boatwright, and sound engineering was done by the jubilant Jeffrey Hook. If you want any of these marvelous people to help you with your projects, just let me know. That's all I have for now. Stay with me, won't you?